0: Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our text today comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians, the third chapter, verses 12 through 17. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. My brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious Lord. May your words speak to us, and in speaking to us, Lord, may they impact our lives, and impacting our lives, may they propel us forth from this tabernacle, from this holy ground, from this time together with you, so that we might be better servants, not as mere hearers of your words but as doers of your words. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Last winter, Trey Turner, a seven-season veteran shortstop uh, who was a part of the Washington Nationals baseball team, he signed a new contract. He was once a member of the Dodgers team as well, but he signed an 11-year contract contract with the Philadelphia Phillies worth $300 million. Now, over the previous four seasons, Turner's batting stats were amazing. He was hitting close to 300 or a little bit over it every season. It was a wonderful investment for the Phillies, who were looking to win their first World Series since 2008. Now, if you know anything about baseball, it's a curious sport. It's a game of fundamentals. It's as we heard in the movie Bull Durham, you throw the ball, you hit the ball, but we also know that sometimes it rains. But it's really a game of streaks and slumps. It's really more mental than we want to believe, and the secret is to string together a series of streaks and not to get into your head when you're in a slump. Trey Turner learned that lesson more uh, than a lot last summer. In the 2023 season, he was fewer streaks for him and more slumps. He was hitting 235 by the 1st of August, far off of his hitting pace, far off of his pace for home runs and runs batted in. He had dropped in the order to 8th by August the 3rd. Now, what we know about the fans in Philadelphia is they are truly fanatics when it comes to their Philadelphia teams some of you may remember that back in 1968 when the Eagles had a dismal season the Phillies fans still packed the stadium just so they could boo their own team it was so bad they threw snowballs at Santa Claus during the halftime break I mean think about that they're willing to get on the naughty list just to prove a point So here, Trey Turner is struggling, and so we knew that something was going to happen, right? And with his dismal stats, low in the order, the fans were restless. Their inner evil Philly fanatic, if you will, was soon to come out. Now, in the Philadelphia sports scene, there is a YouTuber of great renown by the name of the Philly Captain. And so the Philly Captain sort of is like the cheering section, if you will, for all the Philly teams. And he was challenged by the talk sports radio teams to the next time Trey Turner came to bat, that first home stand in August, instead of booing him, he was challenged to stand up and give him a standing ovation. And he did just that. And his first at bat on August the 4th, the Philly captain stood and cheered for Trey Turner. And everyone around the captain did And all weekend long, this happened during that homestand. When Turner would come to bat, all the fans would stand and cheer for him. Now, I think there's a sermon in here somewhere about sometimes how we sometimes want to beat each other down. But instead, if we would just encourage each other, good things could happen. But we'll let that sermon hang out there for you to work on on your own. Because what happened on that weekend... It started a 10 game hitting streak. It began the first night that the Philly captain stood and cheered. And 48 games later, Trey Turner was hitting 337. Now, by the end of the year, his average had come up not back to the historic 300 number, but it had come back up. All because the fans hung in there with him and cheered. And he was thankful. So much so that he needed to find a way to tell the fans that, to show them some gratitude. So shortly after this streak had started, shortly after he saw the result that was coming from their support of him, he bought ads on 12 different digital uh, billboards all around the greater Philadelphia area. And the ad said simply this, thank you, Philly. Now, when I ask about it later, here's what he said. He said, it was nice to get the message out. I had said it in interviews, but it was very nice and very important for me to tell Philadelphia, thank you. Upon this grand gesture of the standing ovation by the fans, he had to find a way to say thanks. Ask about it later, this is what he said. Now, mind you, when he speaks, Trey Turner is 30 years old, so just, just hold on to that, Okay. It says, when you feel like you're younger, you don't think about things like that. You're living the dream, playing baseball and whatnot, but as you get older, now remember he's 30, as you get older, you start to see what's important. And I think he's on to something. At that very moment, Trey Turner sort of had this realization that the expression of gratitude is how one finds their best life about what's most important. And so as we turn to the scriptures today, to Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, what we'll begin to find out is we begin to see that from the very beginning of creation, God has wanted what? Nothing but the best for you and for me and for all the world. We know this during the seven days of creation. At the end of it, God created and God said, and it was good. And we were created last and given everything provided for us and it was good. In John 10, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and might have it abundantly. So it stands to reason that if God wants the best for us, has given us the best, and Jesus wants to show us how to live abundant living somewhere along the way, you and I, we must count our blessings, take sort of stock of this good life, and express some gratitude. And so what Paul is telling the church at Colossae is this very lesson. Matter of fact, throughout the text, he uses this gratitude language three times. It says, and be thankful. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms and hymns and whatever you do in word and deed, give thanks to the Father through Jesus Christ. As if to say that part of our living and realizing our best life is giving thanks plain and simple. That as we live our best lives, that we must give thanks, period. And so Paul tells us to do these two things. He tells us first that we must count our blessings, and second, that we must give and return thanks for them. This is a very United Methodist understanding of things. I mean, Paul, long before the United Methodist Church was even on the horizon, Paul was laying out what we understand as United Methodists. This idea of an inward experience, an inward relationship with God, an inward blessing, and then some sort of outward show of how it's changed our lives. An outward expression of the gifts, the love, the grace that we have received. And it's in that moment where we realize the inward work on our own, that what God has blessed us with, and we begin to show the world this sign of gratitude that we too, like Trey Turner, find our best life. So we start these conversations around blessings. It begins to sound a bit like taking inventory at a store or in a factory, or maybe filling out a schedule for sort of your homeowner's insurance, you know, where you kind of go through and go, let's count all these items. One, I got two of those, three of those, five of those. Their value is X, Y, Z each. So we kind of count these things up. We make like a schedule of them, sort of a materialistic idea of the financial blessings that we have. Or maybe we move beyond the materialism, we start to look at sort of the social blessings, we begin to count our friends and think about who they are and how they impact our lives and maybe they fall into one of four camps, like your A-list friends. You know, the ones that if things go bump in your life, you call them, they will barely turn the stove off to speed over to your house. Or your B-list friends who when you call them, They will almost pretty much move heaven and earth. They've got to get a few things lined up, but they'll be there. Those friends on the next list, the C list, the ones that, they may not be there immediately, but they will show up with a casserole and a card and a sympathizing ear. And then there are your other friends, the ones that pull for you, and they care about you. But as you begin to add them up, you begin to see that you've got these blessings of these friends and blessings of life and health and housing and employment. And these are all great first steps to count blessings. But invariably what happens with this kind of exercise is we confine it to one to maybe three times a year. For example, how often do we do something similar to this around the Thanksgiving table in November? Or maybe in kind of that sort of nostalgic period between Christmas and New Year's, we kind of sit back by the fire or this year, you know, with the air conditioning on, and we sit there and we count these things that matter to us. Or maybe it's some red-letter day, like when you, when you have a big birthday or a big anniversary or have received a big accomplishment at work, you may take a moment and you do this work. But my friends, we have something for which to be grateful for every single day. Day. So I want to challenge us with the hymn, the old hymn says, Morning by morning, new mercies I see. I want to challenge us that we receive blessings every day, whether they're financial or relational or physical or spiritual. Something comes to us every day. God reveals a little bit more of how blessed we are. So I want us for homework this year. This is a years long project. Go down to Staples or Office Depot buy one of those cheap hundred, uh, you know, $1 composition books or, or dig through a drawer and see if you've got something like that at home. But what I want you to do is every day, at the end of the day, I want you to write down three things, three blessings that you are aware of that God has shown you today and why they are blessings, what happened to make you realize that. Spend a little bit of a moment, three times or one time a day, three blessings and write that on a sheet of paper. And tomorrow, at the end of the day, do the same thing and do the same thing. And as we build this habit, as we go from day one to day 28 and then beyond that, what happens is we begin to train our brain to look for blessings. Instead of waiting until the end of the day when we think back to them, we start to see them right in front of our eyes as they happen. Because what we know about our psyche is that we let one negative thing cloud our whole day and we don't see the blessings. So if we don't take the time to count them, we will never see them. But when we do this day in and day out, that one negative thing, that one unkind word that someone said to you walking in the door is forgotten quickly because you begin to see the other blessings in front of you. And we count our blessings when we make that inventory, we fill our notebooks we begin to see that we are in fact in our blessed lives. But just as we count them, as they begin to pile up in the world around us, we've got to also think about what Paul wrote to the church at Colossae. Whatever you do, in thought, word and deed, give thanks to God. For know, one of the earliest lessons we teach our children besides saying please is to say what? Thank you, exactly. Thank you, by the way. We say please, and we tell them to say thank you. It's a polite thing to do, but it's a sign of our gratitude. It's how we express it. Now, what we know from all the etiquette people is that the best way to say thank you if you get gifts at Christmas or Easter is a handwritten thank you note, because it has meaning to it, because you're expressing your gratitude to the person who gave it to you but we're also in this electronic era. And so some people ask, can I do that? Do I still need to write it or can I send an email or a text? And the response I've read online about this is, depending on how close that relationship is, yes, you can send a text. Yes, you can send an email, but don't just text thanks. It's gotta have the same heartfelt punch that the letter would have. So you can send a heartfelt text if you've got the right relationship to the person or a heartfelt email, but no matter what, say thank you, some outward expression of your appreciation for this blessing. So when we count our blessings with God, we too should be moved to express this gratitude. And what we begin to realize is this idea of expressing our gratitude is how we act. It's a sign of our discipleship. I mean, I think about what we do when we give to the church, for example, We think about what comes from the labor of our hands. We say this from time to time, the labor of our hands. It means the work that we've done this week, which means the money that we have earned. When the collection plate passes, we are saying thank you. It's a spiritual act. It's not a tax. It's a spiritual act of giving thanks. So it's called an offering. Or when we're asked to serve, we've been given time and we've been given these skills and talents. When the church asks us, would you help us by serving in X, Y, Z capacity, we are asking to realize what we have been given in terms of time and talents and how we can use those as a way of saying thanks to God. I think about this idea of giving time and talents, how we serve the church. Friends, giving of our time and talents and giving of our financial resources, it is not an either-or proposition, it's a both-and. Because these are blessings that we've received, and we should show gratitude for it. So when we pass the plate, that's exactly what we're doing. And the question we need to ask ourselves is, when that plate passes by us and we think about what we put in the plate, is it a sign of our gratitude? I shared this with you all back in October, But I'm not sure that that's the case for all of us. Some of our congregation, the plate just passes by with nothing in it, nothing to place in the plate. Where 45% of us realize the blessings of God through this church and 55% of us have not. Folks, that is a spiritual issue and we can solve this. We count our blessings. Or when the church asks for folks to show and to help out, to do some work around the church, again, it's an opportunity for us to say, yes, here I am, send me. But more often than not, this church is no different than others, where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Friends, if we flip that script, think about what we can do in the kingdom when we all show our gratitude by putting everything about us on the table and say to the Lord, here I am, use me. See, it's when we pour out our sense of gratitude for these blessings that God has given to us that we begin to see what Trey Turner learned. We begin to realize that we are living our best life by counting the blessings and sharing the gratitude. So think about what he said. He said, when you get older, you begin to realize the things that matter most. And his response to that was to give thanks by purchasing a note on 12 billboards. And then there's us. This afternoon, we're going to write down three blessings today. How are we going to show thanks tomorrow for this abundance that God has given to us? And I think when we publicly account for and we publicly show and we publicly give gratitude by our words, our deeds, our actions, then we too are living our best life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.